Welcome to Off the Record. I'm your host, Marika Day, dietitian, nutritionist, recovering perfectionist, and founder of Fueled by Marika Day. Join me here each week as we delve into what it really means to be a healthy and happy human. You'll hear from conversations with experts in their fields to raw and real chats about aspects of health and life that we really don't hear enough about. You'll be left feeling inspired, educated, and empowered to be the best version of you. So sit back, relax, or head on out for your walk, and let's dive on in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Off The Record. I am for once in my life recording this podcast so soon before releasing it, which is so unlike me. I'm normally very organized and have these podcasts recorded in advance, but thanks to some fueled um, setbacks, I've had to reschedule and rejig the podcast so many times over the last couple of weeks. Um, So it is actually Monday of this week, as in this podcast is going live in two days time. So I am actually very happy about that because it means that we can be super relevant and super on topic of what's happening in life and the world at the moment. And if you've looked at the news recently, you'll know that the world is a bit of a scary place, both here in Australia and um, obviously overseas as well. There's a lot going on. And um, I do think that there is a lot of fear that a lot of people are experiencing at the moment. So Hopefully this podcast episode, um, I guess, brings light to some of the coping mechanisms that many of us do have when it comes to fear, anxieties, stress, um, boredom, you know, you name it, whatever the whatever the um, emotion is, there is going to be some coping mechanisms that we pick up and some of them are helpful and some of them are not so helpful. So today's podcast episode is all about food as a coping mechanism. Um, So yeah, if if you found that food has been something that you've leaned on as your coping mechanism, then highly recommend you spend the next 15, 20 minutes, however long this podcast goes for, um, really tuning in and paying attention and thinking about how it has one served you and to how we can make some really positive changes to move towards um, other coping mechanisms as well. So Let's dive in. Okay, so I wanted to begin by acknowledging that using food as a coping mechanism. So whether you are turning to food when you're stressed or anxious or tired or depressed is not a bad coping mechanism. And I really want you to listen to this, acknowledge it and take it on board. It has served you a purpose in your life. And what I mean by this is that when we turn to food as a coping mechanism, we are turning to it because it is a coping mechanism that is sometimes easily available, sometimes affordable. It is something that helps us get through. So essentially what I'm saying here is that food as your coping mechanism, if it has been your coping mechanism, is something that's allowed you to cope and survive to get you here to listen to this podcast today. And that is an incredible thing and something that it has served you and that is absolutely fine. So what I want to start with is acknowledging that judging yourself for having food as a coping mechanism does not serve a purpose. Let's get rid of that to begin with and acknowledge that having food as your coping mechanism has provided you with a coping mechanism to get through challenges, to get through hard emotions, to get through your life, to get you here today. 
So let's not beat ourselves up. That's number one. The thing with using food as a coping mechanism is, as I said, it's not a bad thing and it doesn't do harm to others. So there's certainly worse things that people do when it comes to coping mechanisms for negative emotions or strong emotions. And as I said, food is not causing harm to others and in some cases is not even causing harm to yourself. Now, where it becomes, I guess, a problem is where food is our go-to coping mechanism. So it's our... Um, I guess, off the bat coping mechanism that we rely on for everything and it is contributing uh, to negative outcomes in our life. So either we are not happy with it, it is not moving us towards the person that we want to be. And that's where I think it's time to sort of sit down and go, okay, how can I make some changes if using food as a coping mechanism is no longer serving me then how can I start to make some changes so that I am no longer using it as my primary source um, of comfort and coping in um, stressful or negative emotions? Now, you might be wondering why you've turned to food as a coping mechanism. And I want to spend some time with you to sort of sit and reflect on why that might be the case for you. And there's many reasons why we do turn to food as a coping mechanism. And spend some time and even journal about this is thinking about your relationship with food and what coping mechanisms were modeled to you growing up. So that's a really good way to begin. Often when food is a coping mechanism, it was something that was modeled to us growing up and that's where we can pick up these habits. Alternatively, one of the other reasons why we turn to food as a coping mechanism is because It's a relatively harmless, it's a relatively affordable and accessible way to numb and to numb emotions that we don't want to feel. So it's in the grand scheme of things, pretty accessible, affordable and um, easy to do way to cope with things that we feel like we can't cope. So if you want to pause this episode now and maybe pull out pen and paper or if you're driving, then come back to this episode and come back to this point. And write down why you've turned to food as a coping mechanism, if you have, and spend some time journaling about that. So being really non-judgmental about why, but just exploring with curiosity as to why food has been a coping mechanism for you. One of the other reasons that food may also be a coping mechanism for you is because it has been something that is restricted in your life. So whether it be from like food insecurity, whether it be from um, physical restriction of food, so be it from yourself or from others restricting food for you, it may mean that that is your release that you turn to food. So I want you to spend some time journaling about that. If really difficult emotions come up, if this becomes too much, then you are obviously free to stop at any point in time when you are doing your journaling. And if that is the case, I would strongly recommend reaching out to a psychologist and teeing up a session with a psychologist to actually do this with them. So how do we cope by using food? There's a couple of ways. And I think the way that a lot of us initially think of is by turning to food and eating in response to these strong emotions. The alternative way is also restricting. So there is, I guess, two ends to the spectrum with how we cope. Some people like to, I guess, control and restrict, whereas others like to um, consume and numb in that sort of sense where it's sort of like 
indulging in the food so that they don't have to feel the emotions that are going on. So I guess they're the two uh, ends of the spectrum. Now, they also can occur together. So you might go from swinging from restriction to overeating in the space of a day or a week or however long, I guess, these emotions are staying around for you and however long the, um, the pressure is on you for you to do something about it. When it comes to making change so that we're not relying on food as a coping mechanism, there are a couple of ways to go about this. So the first thing, like I've already mentioned, is that we need to acknowledge that we are using food as a coping mechanism. Um, And as I said before, that it is not a bad thing to be doing. Then we have really two primary ways to go about managing this. And the first one is to be able to sit with our emotions and to be able to understand that all emotions and all sensations come and go. And that if we allow ourselves to feel these things and to sit with them, that they will pass through. So even if you are angry, lonely, sad, all of these things, they do come and go just like happiness, you know, is something that's temporary. So is sadness. These emotions are like waves. They simply come and go. And sometimes they are big waves and strong waves. And sometimes they are much smaller waves. So part of, I guess, the journey here is learning to ride the wave and sit with the wave. And as I said, it's easier said than done. And it's a skill that takes time and it takes practice. It's not something that you're going to just get overnight and not something that you're certainly going to feel comfortable with doing overnight. Now, if the idea of, I guess, sitting with emotions feels completely foreign, then what I suggest is a really good place to begin is with meditation. So the purpose of meditation is about witnessing the emotions and the sensations within your body rather than, I guess, being stuck in them. It's again, watching them like, you know, you're sitting on a train and it's the scenery that you're just passing by. So rather than getting caught up in these sensations and these feelings and these emotions, we're just witnessing them. So doing meditation is a really good starting point for that. Now, I totally, totally recognize that this is where food is so much easier If, for example, you know, your kids are screaming at you and you're tired and you've at your wits ends, it is so much easier to grab a bar of chocolate and to consume it and to feel better than it is to find the time, the space, the energy, the emotional capacity to sit and meditate that it completely understandable and also completely acceptable. And this is where, to be honest, it is a perfectly fine solution for you to do that. It is perfectly fine for you to go and grab the chocolate bar and be like, this is what I need in this moment. The only reason you would want to change that is if you feel like that by doing that, it is moving you away from the person that you want to be. And I personally believe that food as a coping mechanism does have a time and a place and Like, for example, like, you know, you're having an awful day and you just want to have a bar of chocolate or like you want to have a bowl of ice cream. Who cares? Like these things are there to be enjoyed. But as I said earlier, if you feel like you're turning to it all the time and it's your go to coping mechanism, this is where I think that we need to start coming up with other solutions and be it sitting there and um, 
allowing that emotion albeit some other coping strategies which we'll go through shortly I think one of the key points here is to think about is this habit is this mechanism moving you towards the person you want to be or is it moving you away from the person that you want to be and the answer to that question is actually going to be different in every circumstance that you could come up with that you find yourself in that in that situation so it might be that you know one day is yes it is moving me towards the person i want to be i need chocolate right now otherwise i'm going to scream or it might be that you know what now that is not the kind of person that i want to be and i want to do something else instead so no right or wrong there so my next strategy then is about having a coping mechanism self-care menu is what i call it so this is something that i used to do with my clients all the time is coming up with your own personal self-care menu which is like your menu of coping mechanisms that you have when times are tough when you are feeling all of the things that you feel and you want to do something about it so again i'm going to ask you to get pen and paper here and to write down your self-care menu so what is your self-care menu it is a list of things that you can do when you are feeling your heightened sensations your heightened emotions so what i want you to do is write down a list of as many things as you can think of that you can do that are alternate coping strategies that would move you towards the person that you want to be Now, what I suggest when you're coming up with things that you put on this list is to think about things that you can use in a variety of different situations. So it might be nighttime. So, you know, going for a walk might not be a solution or it might be raining or you might have, you know, your kids with you or you might be at work. So coming up with a variety of solutions that are going to give you a um, pleasant feeling or a way to sort of cope in that moment that is comfortable and is going to fit a variety of situations. So to give you some examples, these are some things that I would probably put on my self-care menu. And these would be doing like a five minute meditation, going for a walk around the block, maybe calling a friend or a family member, reading a bit of like one of my favorite books, um, washing my face or taking a shower or taking a bath, having like some chocolate or ice cream, I would actually put that on there because I think that it is absolutely fine to have that as part of your toolkit of coping mechanisms. So you're not saying that it's going to be your go-to. It's just that it's there if, if you need it. And if that's the way that you need to cope today, then go ahead. But it's amongst a list of other coping mechanisms as well. Um, Another one I would put on there is journaling. Journaling is something that I find incredibly therapeutic and sort of helps me to process what I am feeling and what I'm thinking. Um, But yeah, for you, it might be a huge variety of different things. It might be, you know, hugging someone. It might be painting your nails or it might be going to the shopping center. Whatever it is for you, as long as it's not causing harm to others, then write it down on that list as part of your self-care menu. Now, finally, and our last tip for this episode is to put that self-care menu somewhere where you're going to see it when you need to see it. So be it on the fridge or be it on your bedroom door, on the back of the bedroom door or somewhere where you can access it when you feel like you really need to. You may also wish to save it on your notes on your phone so that you've got it with you there at work. 
essentially what you need to do is have it with you so that when these moments come up that you stop pause take a second to look at your menu and go what of these strategies will move me towards the person I want to be today now finally I want to remind you that also going back to old coping mechanisms is a coping mechanism as well so please don't be too hard on yourself if that you know you do all of this and you write down your self-care menu and then you forget about it That's also fine. You know, we've got habits that might have been ingrained in you for decades. So don't be too hard on yourself for doing that. It's just about acknowledging, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Next time I'm going to do this. And spending that time to pause between you acting. So when you are feeling the emotion, when you feel the urge to go and reach for the chocolate bar or when you feel the urge to scream at your kids or scream at your husband, then taking the moment to pause before you do that and go, I'm going to pull out my self-care menu and look at the thing that I need to look at and see which one of these strategies will help me in this moment. So that is today's episode. I hope that it's a really practical episode for you and that you can take away some tools that you can use um, moving forward. Uh, If you love this episode, please, as always, I love it when you share it on social media. So just make sure you give me a tag at Marika Day. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your week. And if you're up in Brisbane or up where all the floods are, please take care, stay safe, stay dry. And also don't consume too much media this week. Obviously, stay informed and stay aware, but don't sit there refreshing the news Um, this week. Look after that brain of yours and that mind of yours. And I will catch you guys next week.